No. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. My consultant. <laughs> you know nothing, Lloyd. Sit down. It's a big shirt. Makes me feel a bit thinner, you see. I found an online store that does really big things. So uh, there we are. Tents are us, I think it's called. Uh, okay. Um, there was an amazing day uh, when Jesus went into a synagogue in his hometown and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Let's pray. Jesus, you're the word, and you came to that gathering in your hometown, and you were able to say, today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. Lord Jesus, we've, we've cried out to you, come, Lord Jesus, come now. Uh, anoint me to to bring good news to these people. Uh, let them be your words, Lord Jesus, not mine. And change our lives. Set us free. Uh, cause the blind to see and the lame to walk. And let us all celebrate the year of the, the Lord's favor. Okay. We've been uh, doing a series called um, People Who Met Jesus. And uh, our heart as elders in choosing that was that that you would bring people and that they would meet Jesus. (laughs) And uh, I would love Jesus to meet you too, but we want people who don't know Jesus to meet him. And uh, for something of this that I've just read uh, to happen even among us, as, as we see people who interacted with Jesus in the Gospels, that people will actually meet Jesus themselves. And today, we've got uh, an exciting story that almost everyone will know. Uh, you, you all know at least one song about it, and uh, this is going to make it very hard. Now, if David Simpkins was still among us, he would be the one preaching this. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, from a sense of irony, I get Zacchaeus. Um, Zacchaeus was a very little man. A very little man was he. Uh, He climbed into the sycamore tree for the saviour he wanted to see. And when the saviour came that way, he looked into the tree and said, Now, Zacchaeus, you come down and come into your house for tea. Uh, Please now forget that, uh, because it's the most inadequate song. It really doesn't tell half the story. Let's uh, read together in Luke uh, chapter 18 first. I'm going to read from verse 15 uh, so that we get some of the context. It's always good to read large chunks of the Bible uh, when you get a chance. Uh, And I feel for today, because we're not actually doing some of these other characters who met Jesus, it'll be good to to take them in as well. And it will set up the scene nicely uh, for Zacchaeus. So Luke chapter 18, verse 15. Now they were bringing even infants, that's babes in arms, to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him, saying, 
Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And a ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And he said, All these I have kept since my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, One thing you lack. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come, follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad for he was extremely rich. Jesus, seeing that he'd become sad, said, how difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. For it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard it said, then who can be saved? But he said, what is impossible with men is possible with God. And Peter said, we have left our homes and followed you. And he said to them, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not receive many things times more in this time and in the age to come, eternal life. And taking the twelve, he said to them, See, we are going to Jerusalem. And everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets, will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spat upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them and they did not grasp what was said. Jesus, we pray that uh, this morning uh, these things will not be hidden from us. Open our eyes to see these things. As they drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging, and hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God and all the people, when they saw it, they gave praise to God. He entered Jericho and was passing by, and there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, 
But on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass by. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He's gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood. We should say tall, really, isn't it? Um, Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus, come and seek and save the lost today. (laughs) Let's talk about the crowd. Uh, Jesus was often surrounded by a crowd uh, and uh, he is still. (laughs) Quite a crowd here this morning. I do like a good crowd, don't you? Oh, yes, a good crowd. Singing Welsh hymns or something. Bread of heaven and all the SS. Crowds can be fun, exciting, exhilarating, and powerful. Um, Even in our own culture within New Frontiers, we say we can do more together uh, than we can do apart. Uh, But crowds can also be scary places. Uh, They can be unstable, hostile even, and dangerous. It's easy to get lost in a crowd, to be swept along by a crowd, or even to become trampled in a crowd. Uh, Watched uh, a little bit of Ross Kemp, quality TV in our house. Ross Kemp on gangs, and he was with Polish football hooligans. Um, And amazing to see the beautiful game uh, transformed into the killing fields by a hand, handful of thugs. Uh, a huge crowd and just a small number of people in that crowd can turn the crowd into an angry mob and a place of horror and terror and danger. Jesus understood crowds. Uh, in John chapter 2, verse 23, it says, Now when Jesus was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man for he himself knew what was in a man. And again, the feeding of the 5,000, John tells us, when the people saw the sign that Jesus had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who has come into the world, perceiving then that they were about to come and make him king by force. Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. So Jesus knew about crowds. And there's a crowd that encounters uh, Jesus in this story, isn't there? And uh, a crowd around Jesus. And Zacchaeus sees this crowd. Um, And the crowd is made up of um, the 12 Jesus apostles. uh, There's there's actually a, a blind beggar who has just been healed. He's probably making quite a fuss in this crowd as well praising and glorifying God. 
Um, there are lots of family and friends of Jesus in this crowd, uh, disciples and other followers of Jesus. But there's also a lot of religious people uh, who are there to check Jesus out. So quite a big crowd, a very mixed crowd. And, and that made it hard for anyone really to get close to Jesus, uh, let alone Zacchaeus, poor little chap. Um, the twelve like to think of themselves as the inner circle. Uh, and we even saw that in the thing we read to, er, earlier in, in chapter 18. Um, when people were bringing babies to Jesus, so they said, well, well, Jesus is far too important to have little babies come and see him. Uh, no, I'm afraid you can't come in here. Um, so they, they had this idea that even the disciples, you know, the, the guys who should have known better, uh, would keep people away from Jesus. Um, I, I guess that the Twelve also liked this uh, r- rich young ruler. I call him the sad rich young ruler who came up. Uh, he's a nice boy, fine young man, moral, religious, rich too. Let's not deny it. That's the kind of people we need. Not prostitutes, drug pushers and loan sharks. The gatekeepers at work. The crowd isn't going to let any tax collectors or sinners anywhere near Jesus. We've seen enough of that already, thank you very much. Luke is full of people grumbling about the company Jesus keeps. Um, The wrong people. Jesus really doesn't seem to know how to choose his friends very wisely, does he? Uh, But to the majority of the crowd, Jesus is quite interesting. Uh, I like to listen to him and and watch what he does. Uh, Quite thought-provoking. But he does need to take more care over the company he keeps. So the crowd will help him with that. Man-made religion doesn't like Jesus... (laughs) And man-made religion likes to keep people away from Jesus. And this is where I think it's amazing that you talked about barriers and ropes. I have a friend, uh, a very good friend, who is an Anglican um, vicar. And uh, he's taught me a lot about the Bible and, in fact, how to read the Gospels and so on. Uh, But he's got no time for religion. And he's got a young family and he took them to Chester Cathedral. And uh, he said to the kids, um, just run around and enjoy the place, explore every corner, just go wherever you like, have a lovely time. Now, it wasn't, it wasn't long before a, a man in a big black dress with a little rose, uh, a Tudor rose actually on his uh, front, a beadsman came along and, uh, and said, uh, yeah, you can't go behind there. Uh, that bit is roped off. You mustn't go behind there. And, and so my friend, who remember, he's an, he's an ordained Anglican, so he knows. He says, why is that? <laughs> uh, that's because there we keep the reserved sacrament. Reserve, well, I don't know, where, have you got the reserved sacrament? Not sure, have you got it in, in your bag there? Or How can any church function without a reserved so my friend says what's that (coughs) like he didn't know (laughs) it is the body and blood of our Lord and he said to him if you really believe that you would let the children go in there because Jesus said let the children come to me 
and this man went off to go and find someone more important, at which, <laughs> at which my friend said to the kids, see those candles over there? See how many you can blow out. <laughs> Jesus has no time for religion. Crowds keep people from Jesus, and a lot of religious garbage keeps people away from Jesus. We're not a professional priesthood here. Every believer is a priest. We don't need crucifixes on the wall. We don't need icons. We don't need rude screens. We don't need altar rails and altars uh, because those things keep people away from Jesus. They keep him distant. We don't need priests dressed in fancy dresses and silly hats. They keep people away from Jesus. You can go straight to Jesus. There is no barrier. could say more. You don't need bells, smells, icons, relics, or big buildings. You don't need stained glass. You don't need the prayers of Mary or dead people. We're all saints in God's church. So, stirs me up. Jesus doesn't want anything to come between you and him. Not a person, not a thing. Don't be taken in by crowds. Just because there's a lot of people surrounding Jesus saying the Lord is our Lord, just because they use his name, just because they call themselves Christian, doesn't necessarily mean they're on his side. There was a big crowd around Jesus this day, in a few days, there's going to be another crowd around Jesus. They're going to take him from the Mount of Olives to the high priest's house where he's going to be blindfolded and beaten and mocked. Uh, these religious people are going to take him to their own court. And this kangaroo court is going to find Jesus guilty of blasphemy and worthy of death. Then this crowd is going to take Jesus to Pilate, the Roman prefect, uh, where Pilate, the non-religious guy, is going to say, this guy's not guilty. But then they're going to bring their trumped-up charges, and off to Herod we go, uh, because he rules over Galilee, and that's where Jesus has been causing all this trouble. And there's going to be a further interrogation, and the crowd is going to bring vehement accusations. And Jesus is going to be publicly mocked, and treated with contempt for the crowd to enjoy. And then the crowd are going to take Jesus back to Pilate, and the crowd are going to shout, away with him, crucify him. And Pilate is going to cave in to their demands, and then the crowd are going to march him up to the place called the Skull, and he's going to be crucified. So beware of crowds. Don't be taken in by big crowds, even if they call themselves Christian. If they don't love Jesus, if they keep you from Jesus, run 
run, run. Zacchaeus. <laughs> Very little man. Very little man was he. He was loaded, wasn't he? Oh, Zacchaeus. And he might have been vertically challenged, but not fiscally challenged. Um, he was a chief tax collector from Jericho, probably. He had a name. Not everyone we meet. We've had a few. The, the woman at this, the man who did this. The Zacchaeus has a name. In Greek, it's uh, Zacchaeus. Uh, but that's actually uh, from uh, a sort of a version of the Hebrew name, uh, Zaki, Zakai, um, which means, uh, just love this, pure, innocent, and righteous. Zaki, hey, Zaki, pure, innocent, righteous. Um, to me, I was trying to visualize him. Uh, to me, he's a sort of mixture of um, mini me, perhaps, um, Shylock, uh, Scrooge, and uh, Moira Stewart, who says tax doesn't have to be taxing. Um, t- tax collectors were universally hated and despised. They worked for the occupying Roman forces and uh, for Herod, who was a puppet king and not liked by the people. <sighs> tax collectors would be the first against the war when the revolution came. But Zacchaeus wasn't just a tax collector, he was a chief tax collector. Um, so who was it that despised tax collectors despised? It was the chief tax collector. He was loaded, well he would be, wouldn't he? Uh, I mean everyone knew that tax collectors were on the fiddle, uh, but Zacchaeus is an arch tax collector, so he's the arch fiddler and the one who fiddled the fiddlers. You're a fiddler, aren't you? Oh, different sort, sorry. Um, Come and hear him on the 16th play his violin. Maybe he lived in a big posh house with lots of servants. Perhaps he had classical columns and marble floors. He was probably well-dressed, and uh, being the size he was, he didn't have to pay VAT because he could have children's... (laughs) Um, But... (laughs) it's just as likely that he didn't want to show off his wealth if you think of a miser um, he probably didn't want to attract too much attention uh, because he wasn't liked by very many and if uh, anyone nicked anything nobody would probably do very much about it Um, perhaps his house was more like a robber's den than a mansion Uh, Perhaps he just had a secret strong room where he used to go and count his money. Didn't have much else to do, didn't have many friends. Um, uh, Money and riches are a huge theme in in Luke's Gospel. Um, Luke makes a lot about it, and he shows that it's not just uh, tax collectors who are obsessed with money, but actually all the religious people were too. Um, Zacchaeus um, was trapped by his riches, Uh, They ensnared him and then they held him. Um, He was an outcast. Uh, His greed had made him an outcast. He was an exile living among his own people. Everyone could see uh, that Zacchaeus was an impossible case. Um, They might not have agreed 
that the sad young rich ruler uh, was such a sad case. It was clear to them, though, that Zacchaeus was a lost cause. He'd forfeited his birthright. He was clearly not worthy to be called a son of Abraham. Um, It's important to say that Jesus isn't against money. Uh, There's stuff uh, that often quoted from the Bible, um, but misquoted. Uh, Pink Floyd has a song, Money, it's the root of all evil today. Now, what Paul actually said was the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Jesus understood money and and the the way it could ensnare people. Jesus wasn't against taxes either. Uh, He actually did say on another occasion, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, give to God the things that are God's. Money made the Roman world go round just as much as it makes our world go round. Um, It's just that tax collecting is perhaps a little bit more respectable today. Uh, You can have a bowler hat and an umbrella. But I want to get to Jesus. He's at the middle of this crowd. It's a hostile crowd, but Jesus, the man in the middle, is a man on a mission. And his mission is summed up nicely for us in verse 10 of verse 19. And that's where I want to spend uh, most of our remaining time. Jesus said, in explaining this whole story, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. We've already had somebody ask who can be saved. Surely it's impossible for anyone to be saved. And uh, within a very short time, we see salvation come because the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. Uh, What does Son of Man mean? Well, it's a title that Jesus used to use a lot for himself. Uh, It's sort of uh, going back to Daniel chapter 7 and verse 13 and 14. Uh, it's where Daniel says, I saw in the night visions and behold, with the clouds of heaven, been singing about those, haven't we? There came one like a son of man and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him and to him was given dominion and glory and kingdom that all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom is one that shall not be destroyed. The Son of Man is that one, God's eternal King, who will rule forever. And Jesus has already called himself the Son of Man, hasn't he? Did you remember that in chapter 18 when he says, the Son of Man is going to be, uh, have everything done to him that was said by the prophets. And they're going to reject him. They are going to shock, shockingly treat him. They're going to spit on him, flog him, and kill him. The Son of Man. And it's something that he repeats there from something earlier in Luke. Uh, Actually, nine chapters ago, half of the way back, uh, Luke chapter 9. I want to read just a little section there. Luke chapter 9, verse 18 to 26. Now it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him. And he asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, but others say Elijah, and others that one of the prophets of old has risen. 
Then he said to them, Who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, The Christ of God. And he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and be killed and on the third day be raised. Now Jesus is on a mission and his story is consistent. And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits and loses himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. According to Luke chapter 9, being lost is to lose or forfeit yourself. Uh, To live as if this life was all there is. To live to gain the world. To gain riches, power, influence, fame, sex, drug and rock and roll. That's to live for the world. And to be ashamed of Jesus and his words. It's interesting, we've been thinking about the words, we've been thinking about the words, Jesus the word. To be ashamed of Jesus and his words. Um, Who are the lost? Well, uh, nice religious people like the rich young ruler. Um, People who go to church, who give money to the poor. People who go to the prayer meeting. People who are baptised, confirmed. People who write letters to missionaries and send money to them. Yes, those people can be lost because they can be nice on the outside, but in their hearts they can be living for the world and not for God. They can be ashamed of Jesus and his words. Uh, Who else are the lost? Well, nasty, selfish people like Zacchaeus, obviously. Easy to see that, isn't it? People who are drug pushers and uh, loan sharks and uh, um, all the scum, you know. Uh, Wolverhampton supporters. Right? Yes. Um, sorry, um, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Was that was that on? Sorry. Um, people who love the world. That's the bad news. Uh, it's all of us. Um, We either were lost or we are lost. That's all of us. There's only one good man, isn't there? Jesus. Mm. (laughs) Why do you call me good, says Jesus? No one's good except God alone. It's interesting, isn't it? He says, I am good. (laughs) And I'm God. (laughs) 
But the good news is the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. So this is actually good news for everyone in this room. So I don't know what you're doing, whether you're scribbling down, whether you're knitting, whether you're doing anything else. Just listen up, because this is good news for you. According to Luke 9, to be saved means that the Son of Man will not be ashamed of us when he comes again in glory to rule on God's throne forever. We were singing, come Lord Jesus. Are you ready for Jesus to come? Will he be ashamed of you when he comes? Or will he not be ashamed of you? What words of his might you be ashamed of? Well, I think he puts it in the context. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day raised again. If you're ashamed of those words, he will be ashamed of you when he comes. This is the heart of the gospel, that Jesus came on a mission to seek and to save the lost, and he did it by suffering, dying, and being raised again. If you're ashamed of that, if you think that's too old-fashioned or you're too squeamish, if you can't cope with the idea of Jesus dying for you, then you're ashamed of him and his words. Don't be. What other words? If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Are you ashamed of those words? Would you like to have it all? Jesus warned, didn't he? He said, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and money. God and things. You can't love Jesus and love things. Yeah, this comes very close to home for all of us, doesn't it? Paul put it like this. He said in Galatians 6, verse 14, Far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. That's the mission Jesus is on. The Son of Man, who is going to be the judge, he's coming on the clouds. Are you ready? He's coming to seek and to save the lost. I pray he comes and finds somebody here today. Let's get back to Zacchaeus and see how this salvation works. Jesus came to Jericho, verse 1. And was passing through, and there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small of stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. At first glance, it looks like Zacchaeus was seeking Jesus, doesn't it? He was 
seeking to see Jesus, we're told, and he makes all the preparations, and he, he can't get to Jesus. But, the, but Zacchaeus is quite a clever guy, isn't he? I mean, he's clever with the money, quite a schemer, and he sees a tree down the road, and oh, Jesus is going that way. If I run, my little legs, and sort of clamber up into that tree, and he's going to walk right under it, and I'll see him. He wasn't going to get to them through the crowd, was he? Little Zacchaeus, little chap, couldn't see Jesus. But think of the elbows. I mean, it, once they realised it was Zacchaeus, they'll, they'll be going, Jesus is coming along, hooray, hooray! <coughs> Kick him while he's down. Not getting anywhere near Jesus. Hooray! But Jesus is going to meet with him. And Zacchaeus has a plan. Hopefully you found us this morning. Uh, hopefully you found a warm welcome when you came in. Hopefully there were no elbows. Nobody kicking you. Nobody saying you don't belong here. Do you know, even change the room round so that everyone can be nearer the front. Um, hope that works for you. I, I like it because I can see everyone. Jesus had an appointment with Zacchaeus. And Jesus has an appointment with some people here. Right now. Wow. You don't get the impression that anyone saw Zacchaeus do what he did. They were all too busy surrounding Jesus and he whisks off up the tree. Uh, Maybe you snuck in here today. Maybe you think you're anonymous and uh, nobody knows you're here. Jesus knows you're here. When Jesus got to the tree, he knew where to look. Doubt Jesus saw him run up the tree, but he knew he was there. And he knew his name. Jesus knows your name. Other people might not even be able to pronounce it, but Jesus knows your name. Zacchaeus! Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. I must stay at your house today. Remember, this is a busy and stressful time for Jesus. Within a week, Jesus will be dead. He's got a lot to do. Lots of people to see, lots of places to go to. But right now, he has an appointment with Zacchaeus. Jesus is never too busy to see you. Jesus is never too busy to see you. You don't have to wait till 10.30 on a Sunday morning. You don't have to go to the special building with the the magic bells and smells. Uh, Jesus will see you right now. The appointment with Zacchaeus is fixed. Jesus must stay at Zacchaeus' house as surely as he must very soon suffer many things, be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. In Jesus' mind, these two things are fixed appointments. Today, he has an appointment with a man in a tree. Within a week, 
he has an appointment with his own tree. He has an appointment with two other guys who are going to be nailed on trees next to him. And one of those he's going to seek and save. And he's not too busy to have an appointment with Zacchaeus right now, and he's not too busy to have an appointment with you right now. Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Maybe Zacchaeus is afraid of the crowd. All looking up at him. If they could get their elbows into him, they would. I think he's afraid of the crowd. But is, is Zacchaeus ashamed of Jesus and his words? No. <laughs> give a fig, a sycamore fig, for the crowd. Jesus is standing there and saying, come on, let's go to your house. So was Zacchaeus saved? You bet he was saved. Zacchaeus hurried and came down, received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He's gone to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. He's gone to be the guest of the pure, innocent, righteous son of Abraham. Zacchaeus. Because that's what he now is. As soon as he came out of the tree, he was Zacchaeus. Pure and innocent and righteous. And how do we know? Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he's also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He had nothing to fear coming out of that tree. There was a big angry crowd, but he had Jesus. And Jesus says, come on, mate, we're going to your house. You're safe with me. crowd couldn't touch Zacchaeus with Jesus there. Don't be afraid of the crowd. Don't let anything, don't let anything, don't let the men in dresses and funny hats don't let the icons and the statues and the rude screens and the altar rails keep you away from you don't be afraid to go in there those barriers are man-made no go go and be with jesus he's calling you now come i want to come to your house it's a miracle Zacchaeus' heart is completely changed in an instant. Just like a blind man, just a few minutes beforehand. Completely changed. Zacchaeus couldn't help himself. He just hurried down the tree, 
And he received Jesus joyfully. And before he knows what he's saying, he's given away half of his stuff and he's probably promised the rest of it in restitution for all the the money he's defrauded. He doesn't care, he's got Jesus. Who needs that stuff when you've got Jesus? And what's all this stuff about Zacchaeus' house? Why is Zacchaeus' house so important? Salvation isn't about going to a building called God's house once a week. It's about God coming to live with you in your house, your home, your life. Jesus said in John chapter 14, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, not be ashamed of me and my words, yeah? and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him or her. <laughs> From Zacchaeus' house, Jesus will go straight to his own house in Jerusalem, the temple. He will drive out people who are trying to make money in the name of religion. And he will say, my house will be a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of robbers. Jesus goes to Zacchaeus' house and makes the robber's den into a house of prayer. He'll do the same for you. You invite him into your house where you live Take him home with you today. He wants to come home with you today. Maybe there's some stuff you need to sort out with him. Maybe there's some stuff. When you get there, you think, what on earth am I thinking having this stuff here? You know, know, it's like when uh, your mother or your mother-in-law comes, watch out, to your home. Everything has to be tidied away. Put those videos away, those CDs. No, we don't listen to Eminem in this house. And... You know, all that sort of stuff. Oh, quick, hide the... Oh, put that book with its spine to the... You know, oh, quick, close up the accounts. Don't want anyone looking at that. You know, Jesus comes to your house and it's an open book. <laughs> uh, and, and, and you're not going to worry about that because you, you'll treasure Jesus more than anything if he comes and lives with you. Today, salvation has come to this house, since Zacchaeus is also a son of Abraham. Today, he says to the man in the tree, I must be in your house today. In a week's time, he says to another man in a tree, nailed to a tree, today, you'll be with me in paradise do you want to be that sure that when Jesus comes or Jesus calls that you'll be ready then now is a very good time to sort that out I want to do that now I wonder if we could all stand and pray Um, I feel uh, it's important uh, you know There was a time when Zacchaeus had to own Jesus. 
He knew he'd had an appointment with Jesus. He thought he was seeking him, but Jesus was seeking him. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Now, if you've never responded to Jesus, um, there's a friendly crowd here. Nobody's hostile. Nobody's got any elbows. Um, It's a friendly crowd. Uh, We love Jesus here. We love to see people come to Jesus. Um, And so I want to encourage you, if you've never come to Jesus, if you've always thought you had to go uh, through other people, or you've always found other people in the way, if if you thought you're not good enough for Jesus, I want you to think about that now. Because he's standing under your tree, he's looking up at you, and say, hurry up, come down here, I want to go to your house today. So if that's you, uh, when we sing, I'd like you to come up here and we'll pray with you. But I think there's also an issue that Jesus is about having a relationship, about having him in our home, having him over all of the things that we think and do when we're on our own, when we close the door and we put our jammers on. So I've got mine on. Um... Jesus is about those things too. And maybe you need to go home with Jesus again and talk about a few things. Um, You love Jesus, but you've let other things sneak in and uh, take the place of Jesus and take your love of Jesus away. And you need to go home with Jesus today um, to know salvation again, (laughs) that, that you are a child of God Uh, that Jesus is going to live with you. And there might be things that you need to sort out. Uh, But but hear the call of Jesus. And so if that's you, uh, again, come to the front as we sing. And uh, another thing we like to do from time to time is we like to put people in in immense amounts of water and make them very wet. Uh, It's because we are commanded by Jesus to do that. Uh, We are commanded to baptise people. Uh, We believe that involves a lot of water, and we love to do it. It's a great party. Um, And uh, today we've been talking about a very public declaration of Jesus, and baptism is a very public declaration of Jesus. Uh, So if that's you, and you want to be baptised, come and see Steve, Nigel, and myself afterwards and talk about that as well. Uh, Let's sing, and uh, if you want to come up here, we'll pray with you.